Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to Death Factual inaccuracies Several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Well, you know what they say, the devil hates an arrhythmic bell. I'm Andy. With my special blend of 39 herbs and spices, I will destroy San Diego. I'm Kelly. And they say to this day, scientists are no longer welcome in Georgia. I'm Adam. <sighs> will someone head up to the bell tower and tell the Storm King that we have a budget meeting? I'm Sean, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This week on Acid Pop, we're going to be talking about controlling the weather. Hooray. Ooh. Just like Cobra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to have to ask, Storm? Is this our superhero episode? <laughs> that would be convenient. So weather comes from Old English weather. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you seen the weather? <laughs> Dumb Old English. Meaning air, sky, breeze, storm, or tempest. I don't use tempest enough. I like the word tempest. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I wouldn't trust the weather man if he said we're going to have a tempest today. <laughs> I would. I'd take it seriously. Then he told me we were going to have a crucible. <laughs> As we learned in our birth control episode, control comes from Latin contro rotulus, meaning br- which breaks down into contra and rota, meaning against the wheel. Love that game. <laughs> yeah. Which basically means to measure one thing against another. So in scientific terms, it's like having a control. So buckle up because there are a lot of fears of weather. Here they are in alphabetical order. Anemophobia is the fear of wind, from the Greek word anemo, meaning wind. Oh, man. How does that relate to anemic? That's what I was wondering. That's a good question. I'm not sure. I'm just saying, though, that's that's a fear that would keep me in the house all day. It's windy right now. <laughs> ah! Astrophobia is the fear of lightning, from Greek word astrape, meaning lightning. Huh. Okay. So I got to say, it's a pretty good word for lightning, astrape. <laughs> feel like our old geology teacher had that. Yeah. Chionophobia is the fear of snow, from Greek chioni, meaning snow. I never would have guessed any of these. Yeah. Lilapsophobia is the fear of tornado, from Greek's lilaps, meaning tornado. Do they have tornadoes in Greece? Sure. They must have them somewhere other than Kansas. I saw it in that movie Hercules. There was a big (laughs) one and he was like a man. Yeah, he got a face on him. It's true. Nephophobia is the fear of clouds, from Greek nephos, meaning cloud. <laughs> Some guy running through a field screaming and looking up. That's <laughs> <laughs> still following me! This is more specifically ominous clouds, but it can include fog, which uh, can be ominous, I guess. How do you decide whether a cloud is ominous or not? If it looks like a wolf. <laughs> I've seen some pretty ominous clouds, but not, not out here. Ombrophobia is the fear of rain, from Greek ombros, meaning rain. Fear of ombres. Yeah. <laughs> and thermophobia is the fear of heat, from Greek therme, meaning heat. So does that include, like, low heats or just high heats? I think that's just high heat. I didn't find a fear of cold, but this that's probably... This room is tepid! <laughs> Perfect. So what is weather? We'll get into some of the concepts in our quiz, but at a base level, weather is the state of the atmosphere. This includes temperature, pressure, wind speed, and humidity. Give a state that of the stuff atmosphere you're address. experiencing. Yeah, you mix those all <laughs> together, you get yourself some weather. And how about it, huh? A lot of air <laughs> soup out there. 
So we're on to our acid pop quiz. True or false? We can make it rain. I'm gonna. Oh, I've I've heard. I've (laughs) read about seeding clouds. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. All we need is a stack of bills. Yeah. It's true. Yes, it is true. Cloud seeding has been a thing for over a hundred years and consists of having a plane fly over a cloud and sprinkle a little something into it, usually silver iodide or potassium iodide. And these are basically tiny particles. And in case you don't know, rain starts when water accumulates onto a tiny particle. When the weight of the water around the particle is greater than the updraft, the rain falls. So more particles means more chance of rain to form. Yeah. All that rain you're drinking is full of government chemicals. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say, and then it's raining Including silver. fluoride. For <laughs> <laughs> true or false, we can make it snow. That seems harder because you have to make it cold. I feel like it's the same thing. You just put some more don't stuff we have, up like, there. We do have snow machine. I'll say true. I don't think a snow machine is snow. <laughs> snow. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say to my nieces when I throw a, a shovel full of snow on them from the driveway. Yeah, I'm a snow machine. I'm, I'm controlling the weather. Oh, yeah. Hey, what do you call it when you go get a nice Hawaiian ice? Is that not snow? <laughs> Doesn't snow in Hawaii. I say we can do it. We just uh, add some, uh, what's that stuff? Magic? No, cold <laughs> stuff. A little bit of magic. <laughs> dry ice? Yeah, dry ice. No. Well, it's true. It's actually the same thing as making it rain. You just do it in a colder cloud. Yeah, that's how snow works. And yeah. <laughs> no, you have a machine that goes and it shoots the snow out on the ski slopes so rich people can enjoy it. It's like mm-hmm. rainbow cold. Which <laughs> or false, we can make lightning. Hmm. I've seen Mythbusters. Mm. Tesla did it. <laughs> this death ray. I'll say false. I'm, You're not Zeus. You can't do that. I mean, I feel like if we could make lightning, we could make storms safer. Just like discharge the storm or something where we wanted <laughs> to. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. This is true. Hmm. In an idea that sounds so simple, it's a wonder it took so long to do. Scientists in the early 2000s took a rocket and wrapped a copper wire around it. They fired the rocket at a thunderstorm and it unspooled the wire as it flew. This made a negatively charged and very straight channel back to the ground and boom, lightning strike. The straightest lightning bolt you've ever seen. (laughs) It was very straight. And now we have the best way to execute anybody ever. Hold on to this wire. (laughs) (laughs) So if this isn't 80s science enough for you, we also learned about in our Strange Weapon episode a laser that can create a negatively charged channel. So other scientists shot a laser into the sky while blasting ACDC and blam, lightning strike. (laughs) They were immediately struck by lightning. (laughs) The Lord was having none of it. (laughs) (laughs) So that one was not so straight, but still very cool. So, I mean, my my question still stands then. Like, couldn't we make storms a little safer by discharging them? Shooting a bunch of rockets up into them or something? I feel like the expense would not be worth the the gains. I, you know, yeah, our government I, shouldn't go to war with storm clouds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like clouds have a lot more energy than, you know, a handful yeah, of rockets Adam, is going to dissipate. But Adam, you say that, but the previous dude did say, hey, couldn't we take care of these hurricanes with nukes? <laughs> <laughs> we just need bigger rockets. So true or false, we can make tornadoes. I've done it in a little uh, yeah. thing of water. You just spin it around. Oh, I was going to say, I did it in that little smoke room at the Exploratorium. <laughs> I'll say sh- everything else has been true. Of course we can control tornadoes. Yeah. I'm going to be contrary. With enough people running around in circles on the ground, we can make a tornado. <laughs> so not counting teacup tornadoes uh, and the ominous dread of climate change, this one is false. Hmm. That's just too much air for us to push around. So haven't mastered that one. So on to our fill in the blank. How much more rain do you get by cloud seeding? An inch. I'm going to say it's not much. Otherwise, we'd probably be doing it more. Like, 
You're asking if it's already raining? Does it squeeze more rain out of it? Well, let's just say in an area where they do cloud seeding, what percentage increase can you hope to see oh. by doing that? One inch percent. Five percent. <laughs> I'll, I'll say ten percent. I'm going to be contrary and say nothing mm. because there's the same amount of moisture over time. So hmm. less. Interesting. Here's the thing. Cloud seeding is a multi-billion dollar a year industry worldwide, but despite the fact that it's been going on for more than 50 years, scientists are still debating whether it works or not. Because here's the thing. There's a cloud there. You sprinkle some special spices on it and it rains. But would that have happened anyway? It's really hard to tell. Uh, but long-running studies that vouch for cloud seeding generously estimate that they may increase rainfall by up to 10%. So oh, Andy nailed it. This is what we're paying these scientists so much money for is to question whether it's wet or not under the clouds. <laughs> yeah. Your profession, Adam. <laughs> My people. I think we all won. Somewhere between yeah. zero and 10%. Yeah. Yeah. How many days out is it until the forecast is basically a coin flip? One. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's way better than it used to be. It is. I mean, it's not a guarantee for the weekly forecast, but it's usually pretty good. So I'm going to say two weeks. I'm going to say five days. Hmm. That is actually 10 days. Yeah. So up to five days has a 90% accuracy. Seven days is about 80%, but uh, by 10 days, it's down to 50%. Accursed weathermen and their lies. <laughs> <laughs> so in the world of weather-related deaths, what percentage is attributed to storms, which includes flooding and lightning strikes? I would guess that more deaths happen from like heat waves and stuff. Does that include like tornadoes too and flooding? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, oh, flooding! Flooding's a big one. About fifty percent. What was the question? How many deaths from storms? What is the per of all the weather-related deaths? Okay. What percentage is yeah. attributed to storms? Say fifty. Like that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I'll go to. I'll go to seventy. I also think it's most. I'm going to say 75%. No, you guys were way off on this one. It's actually 11%. Oh, yeah. Who's killing all the people? Well, Andy was right. It's heat. actually mostly from cold, oh. which is 54, oh. and then heat is 35. I knew we should have been afraid of the cold. Yeah. <laughs> you know what brings in the cold? The storms. It's true. <laughs> or is it the other way around? It's hard to say. Storm cold Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> my, weather, my weather wrestling federation. <laughs> So we're on to our terms. What is Project Rainmaker? I feel like this is self-evident. <laughs> yeah, this is the Cobra project to control the weather. Yeah, and then the, the one guy turns into a snake. He's like, you be my leg. I'm Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Project Rainmaker seeks to make rains out of, rain out of nothing. It, mm. They make the clouds. That's how uh, California steals all of Nevada's rain and then claims we're in a rain shadow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is an effort to create superheroes who can control the weather. Specifically. Yeah. They're trying to make it more personal. Mm. <laughs> it was an MK Ultra thing, you know. <laughs> so we talked a bit about cloud seeding, but there's a bit of controversy about whether sprinkling chemicals all over the atmosphere is safe. But deserts need rain, so Dubai, the most ostentatious desert on Earth, <laughs> is working on renewable cloud seeding with a swarm of drones that <laughs> swoop into clouds, then release pulses of electricity to attract ions and hence water to create artificial storms. Overexcited PR people have claimed that they've caused thunderstorms and gale force winds with their army of drones that certainly have no evil villain utility. <laughs> I was going to say, that, that's all we need is one person to get a hold of the thousands of taser drones. <laughs> <laughs> They're sky tasers. Oh, there's, there's another mega hurricane off the coast of Dubai today. <laughs> 
Just all these drones chasing people downtown, like, <laughs> make it rain, you. Respect the weather. <laughs> What's the cloud buster? Uh, it's his big sword. Mm. <laughs> the buster sword. It's the whatever country is next to Dubai, like breaking up the clouds that are full of <laughs> robots. <laughs> With EMP charges fired into the clouds. And that's how you make it sunny outside. Yeah. yeah. You go up to the clouds and you suck all the particles out. That's too <laughs> much rain vacuum. up there. Big sky. Oh, so it's like, it's like a dust buster, but for clouds. Yeah. yeah. So the cloud buster was a device designed by Austrian scientist. <laughs> did, did those air quotes hit hard enough? <laughs> Wilhelm Reich in the early 1900s. Reich came up with a concept of orgone energy, a subject that's oh, definitely I- going on the show <laughs> idea list. Uh, in short, orgone is the opposite of entropy and can be used to create things. So the Cloudbuster was a rocket with a lead. You'd plug the Earth side into a good source of orgone energy, like a lake, and then fire the rocket into a cloud. All them orgons would rush up the line into the cloud, filling it with metachlorians and a desire to rain. <laughs> Just plug it into me. I'm full of orgons. <laughs> oh, what if we t- what if we go all the way to Oregon? <laughs> <laughs> orgon orgones. Yeah, get to go up to Portland and start shooting stuff out of lakes. They're the Oregonians. <laughs> so what was Operation Popeye? <laughs> oh, well, it was strong to the finish. Government-sponsored spinach eating campaign. Yeah, to control the weather. <laughs> Operation Popeye. It, th- once again, this is another thing you shoot into clouds, but only clouds that look like Bluto. <laughs> <laughs> Something about sailors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I like hot sailors. It's... Ships that create clouds at sea. Thinking it was some sort of attempt to control hurricanes. Mm. Well, unfortunately, you guys' answers were all too optimistic. This was a five-year campaign during the Vietnam War where the U.S. cloud-seeded over the enemy to make the already dense and muddy landscape even more dense and muddy because the (laughs) Vietnam War wasn't miserable enough but with all the guerrilla tactics and Agent Orange coating everything. Yes, this this worked out great for our our heroes back home. Wash out (laughs) all those chemicals. What you need is some mood setting. Set the backdrop. (laughs) What was a heretic rod? Uh, that is uh, Alistair Crowley's erection. <laughs> you can't get off the organ thing, can you? I can't. It's uh, I also called it was the organ thing. <laughs> it's an old, it's an old timey form of execution where you give somebody a, a big metal rod in a storm and have them go stand out in the field. <laughs> a little higher. I'm going to say it's like a lightning rod on top of a church. Mm. Mm-hmm. Close. Uh, in case you don't know, Benjamin Franklin invented the lightning rod. But what you may not know is that at the time, lightning strikes were considered punishment from God. So a lot of people thought that he was a quack. Thus, they got the pithy nickname Heretic Rods. (laughs) That's pretty cool. (laughs) God hates lightning rods. Yep. (laughs) It's a sin to put these metal rods on top of our house. (laughs) And that concludes our acid pop quiz. Before we get into our stories, I wanted to point out some things we won't be talking about as we already discussed them in earlier episodes. We won't talk about floods, but check out our dams episode if you want to get your fill of that. Check out our Aztecs episode for to hear about how they tried to make it rain by making children as miserable as possible before killing them. And check out our hail episode to hear about hail cannon, cannons, or when we tried to scare away storms by shooting at them with giant bullhorns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yell at them loud enough. If I remember correctly, this worked. <laughs> it made them feel better anyway, and more deaf. We also have our extreme cold and our extreme heat episodes. That's true. Which yeah. feel relevant. 
So as we discussed, cloud seeding is a controversial topic, but none of the data is hard enough to make any real conclusions. It's really easy to look at a seeded cloud that didn't rain and say, see, I told you it doesn't work. But (laughs) it's just as easy to say it does work if the cloud did rain. So the U.S. government learned this the hard way in 1947 with Project Cirrus. Scientists had noticed that cloud seeding caused supercooled air, so they wondered if they flew over a hurricane and dropped a boatload of dry ice straight down the eye, would that kill or at least weaken the hurricane? Hopefully there's nobody under this. Oh, but it made the ocean underneath really spooky. (laughs) (laughs) I'd pay to see that. So in 1941, a moderately sized hurricane had just clipped Florida and was heading out to sea. The scientists decided that this was as good a time to test their theory as any, because if something went wrong, the hurricane would just peter out in the Atlantic anyway. So they loaded up some B-52s with 180 pounds or 82 kilograms of dry ice, which honestly doesn't sound like very much. I was going to say, that sounds like just a, like a, that's a man-sized thing. Commence Operation Halloween Party. (laughs) So they flew over the hurricane and they dumped it straight down the barrel. Then, like something out of a movie, the hurricane doubled in size, made a hard left, and slammed straight into Georgia, causing oh a couple million dollars worth of damage. What a science rot. <laughs> now, Try to make is... me cold, will you? <laughs> now, this is not terribly uncommon, and the scientists were pretty sure it wasn't their fault. Not but... us! <laughs> <laughs> but somehow, word got out to the soggy citizens of Georgia, and they felt differently about it. So lawsuits were threatened. In response, the project was scaled way back. Over the next 20 years, they only got two more chances to try this out on safe hurricanes, and their conclusion was that it did jack and shit, respectively. Aw. I was hoping that both both other times the hurricane was like, hey, no, fuck you. (laughs) Who with me? (laughs) The scientists in this field of study sort of baffle me as far as like, well, we didn't know what was going to happen, so we can't prove anything. Yeah. Like, nope. I don't know any other fields that really do that this often. <laughs> I did something and then something happened. Was it me? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know if that animal was going to come out of GMO already. <laughs> so that being said, most scientists who have studied the results of chemicals used in cloud seeding raining down on people say that they seem to be harmless. That is except for that one time. <laughs> <laughs> seem to be. So the details on this story were a bit sparse, but here's what I gather happened. June 12th is Russia Day. So on June 11th in 2008, the Air Force was cloud seeding around Moscow to make sure that any rain fell that day so that the next day was a clear one, which is something they've been doing for about 20 years. I guess how they do it is they make these concrete-esque blocks of cloud seeding material, and each one weighs about 55 pounds or 25 kilograms. And then they stick it in a sort of like pepper grinder in the plane, <laughs> and then they sprinkle the resulting dust into the clouds. Okay. I thought maybe the guy in the back the there just there. Yeah. turning the, the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> just say when, cloud. <laughs> <laughs> However, on this day, I guess the grinder was on the fritz, and so a 55-pound blob <laughs> pooped out the back of the plane and crashed straight into a house, leaving a three-foot or one-meter hole. This weird raid we're having today. <laughs> they don't understand, comrade. We're making very good use of Air Force. <laughs> the government... chemicals aren't dangerous unless they hit you in the head. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what they say about poison. It's all about the quantity. <laughs> so the government apologized and offered the homeowner $2,100 to fix the roof, but he said, fuck that. I'm going to sue you for all I can get. So Mysteriously, I, he died of radiation. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I couldn't actually find out any more details after that. So uh, who knows what happened to our hero? They, they dropped a different thing from a plane on him that time. 
Now, these days, we pretty well understand that if a bunch of cold air hits a bunch of hot air, the hot air goes up, gets colder, and condenses into rain. But that knowledge only goes back to about the mid-1800s with the U.S.'s first official meteorologist and sadly foiled supervillain, James Pollard Espy. James Espy. A.K.A. the Storm King. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) He he wore a a little hat with lightning bolts on. (laughs) Espy knew that good science required lots of data, and so to that end, he talked Pennsylvania into buying a barometer, rain gauge, and thermometer for every county in the state, and then he set up a series of telegraph systems so that they could all share data. So he basically invented the first weather forecast network. Hey. So he started as a professor, and he moved on to being a lecturer, and eventually was enlisted in the government as the first meteorologist under the Surgeon General of the Army. So in this position, he came up with an idea. What if rising columns of hot air cause rain? So Not a bad idea, but how to test it? Well, he came up with a bold plan and approached Congress. Problem. Sometimes there's droughts in the big farm belt up the middle of the country, and the crop yields go way down. Solution. Plant a long strip of trees from the Great Lakes to the Gulf of Mexico. Then, if it isn't raining, set some of it on fire to instantly Uh induce rain. Light it up! (laughs) But to make sure it would work, he would need a 600-mile or 960-kilometer stretch of land to light on fire. Jeez. Just give him Texas. (laughs) So despite his respect and clout, not to mention a fair amount of support from Congress, he couldn't get this idea to land. Politicians pointed out how much work it would be and how expensive it would be to keep this project up. Other scientists pointed out that if fires caused rain, every naturally occurring forest fire would have an accompanying rain cloud. Conspiracy theorists didn't want big government controlling the weather. And religious (laughs) fanatics, such as South Carolina Senator Andrew P. Butler, said, That is a power none but God should rule with justice. As long as you leave it to the temptations of selfish man, it will go to make the rich richer and the poor poorer. Oh, yeah. God's been known not to use weather to kill people. (laughs) Wait a minute. If fires caused rain, it'd be raining over my chimney all the time. (laughs) Little tiny rain clouds. (laughs) Dumping all the time. Guy was like, I'm just asking for Rhode Island. And so the Storm King was thwarted before his first, greatest, and most brilliant plan could blossom. Curses. But next, let's talk about a villain who did get away with it. Ooh. In the late 1800s, there was a breed of conmen called rainmakers. So these folk would come to your farm, do some science, and then it would rain, and they would get paid, or it wouldn't, and they would slink away. (laughs) It's like dowsing for the sky. Yeah. (laughs) One such rainmaker was Charles Hatfield. He came up with a secret formula made of 23 chemicals, which he would combine to release an artificial cloud into the air. This cloud would, I guess, float up and tell the other clouds what a cool time it was having, and they would all (laughs) rush in to get rain together. Clouds are pack animals. Yeah. (laughs) Y'all digging this ground? (laughs) So he took out an ad in the paper offering farmers rain for $50. A couple of L.A. farmers took him up on it. It rained, so he made $100. The city of L.A. asked what he could do for them, and he promised 18 inches of rain. Wow. I'm going to flood you out. A biblical (laughs) amount of rain. (laughs) So they got their rain, and he scored a thousand bucks. Sweet. In 1915, San Diego asked if he could fill their new dam. Wow. (laughs) Hatfield said he would do it for a thousand dollars an inch. They wanted between 40 and 50 inches, so he would have been able to retire on that. 
but they offered him 10000 bucks for the whole job, which he agreed to. Hatfield and his brother erected a tower next to the dam and started releasing chemicals into the air. Shortly <laughs> after, <go> wrong? <laughs> it started to rain, and it didn't stop. In fact, mm. each day had more rain than the last. It rained nonstop for 15 days. Hatfield, help us! <laughs> <laughs> and then stopped for a couple of days before resuming even harder for another week or so. How have we angered thee, Hatfield? <laughs> <laughs> and the resulting floods... Two dams overflowed, 20 people died, <laughs> and the damages racked up $3.5 million. What the so heck? You give us back that $10,000. <laughs> we'll just take that. <laughs> the city sued the wizard for damages. <laughs> Kill the weather wizard. <laughs> Hatfield threw up his hands and said, hey, you asked for rain. It's not my fault I'm a go-getter. <laughs> he demanded his pay, but they refused. <laughs> oh, I'll make it rain even more. <laughs> The case made its way to court where the judge ruled that the flood was an act of God, which was a more polite than saying, you're dumb and this guy's a crook. <laughs> As a result, Hatfield didn't get paid, but he also didn't have to pay for the damages from his flood. But at the same time, what a hell of a coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, and what are these, chem what, what is he releasing into the air? You said 36, like spices. 20, yeah. He had a special <laughs> blend, blend of chemicals. I, I don't know what it was. The active ingredient is arsenic. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about a story of science kind of working and kind of not. So these days we know that lightning is trying to find the easiest route to the ground. Air isn't a great conductor, so it tries to find almost anything close to it that isn't air. This is why lightning is more likely to strike tall things. Now, back in the 13 to 1800s, people didn't know nothing about nothing. But here's the problem they were up against. Churches, generally speaking, the tallest building in town... We're getting struck by lightning all the damn time. <laughs> God, oh, we angered you, Hatfield. <laughs> oh, God. Like, God hates churches. What do, you, what do you do? Top clergymen were on the case, and they concluded that this was a real-world metaphor of the struggle between the battle of good and evil. Mm. <laughs> what? Big, nasty bolts of lightning, probably thrown by the devil. Sure were attracted to the purest, goodest place in town, Ooh. trying to destroy all that was right in the world. I mean, I, look, the, all these bishops are getting high on Stankosaurus. They're like, what if the devil's throwing lightning? I right? thought God was throwing the lightning. Now the devil has him too? <laughs> Therefore, the only thing to do is to make the church even more good and pure. <laughs> but how to make a church even better? Well, with babies! <laughs> Well, See, my solution was the opposite. Oh, you yeah? need to dirty up the church a bit so <laughs> oh. that the lightning isn't attracted to it. Oh, yeah, and then the it. devil's like, oh, look at that dirt church. That's <laughs> not worth my time. Yeah, well, let's make the post office the most pure building in town. <laughs> or Jeff's house. I hate Jeff. <laughs> well, what could be more pure than a clear, crisp, ringing church bell? Ah. So whenever the skies turned dark and rolls of thunder swept the land, some poor young chump would climb up into the church bell tower, the tallest medalist spot in the city <laughs> and ring that damn bell for all he had so metal this was such a cool idea that the church bells in the 1700s came with an inscription like ego sum qui dissipo toni trua or it is i who dissipates the thunder <laughs> it says here in case of lightning strike <laughs> signed tony trua <laughs> Says here, here lies Jimmy, the bell ringer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, and over what here, they don't tell you there. is that all the all the bricks around that thing is just silhouettes burned into <laughs> yeah. the wall. Wow, angels must have been here. <laughs> so Philip Dre noticed a pattern in a paper in 1784 called 
a proof that ringing bells during thunderstorms may be more dangerous than useful. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the name of the paper? Well, he like sort of put out a pamphlet, you know, sort of. He points out that between 1750 and 1783, 121 bell ringers had been killed, and that was just in France. (laughs) So this was the cover story in La Petite Journal, and I had to share the illustration from... uh, The Tiny Journal. Yeah. They were just so pure. Yeah, the devil hates those bell ringers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Kaboom, it says. Sadly, this idea largely fell flat due to Michael Brian Schiffer's rebuttal in which he combs over Dre's data and concludes that most of the time when a bell ringer was struck by lightning, they had been late climbing up there and getting into ringing or worse, had been playing a song that was clearly bad at repelling lightning. (laughs) That's good science. They'd been (laughs) sinning before they rang the bell. Yeah. So after this, not only did the tradition of ringing bells carry on, but on the rare occasion when a bell ringer got struck by lightning and lived, he wouldn't get paid since he clearly was doing a bad job of warding off the lightning. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're just bad at this. No, this is not covered by insurance. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the last of the stories that I had. Oh my goodness, like... (laughs) <laughs> the dumbest shit. oh good you're awake you're not getting paid <laughs> you're certainly not being paid for today <laughs> next time don't be late masturbator <laughs> anybody have any personal stories about controlling the weather hmm. do it all the time <laughs> yep tornadoes that's me not really like i said i watched the gi joe movie <laughs> yeah although they were they were saying the other day i was listening to a another podcast where they're talking about wrestlers and jesse the body ventura is a big conspiracy theorist and his favorite conspiracy is that people can control the weather mm. but there's also another theory that while that jesse Ventura had a, like this horrible infection he was feverish he was in the hospital delirious and high and the tv was on and apparently it was playing that gi joe special for the first time <laughs> so there's a good chance that jesse body ventura's feverish mind was like the government making the weather this is a weird documentary <laughs> but i'm loving it <laughs> Well, and like one of his friends is on G.I. Joe. Sergeant Slaughter's in there. <laughs> Dude, that movie, like, I, I remember I was working at the movie theater at the time that movie came out. And, like, I just happened to walk by during a scene in the opening part where, like, this this woman pulls out a handgun and fires a crossbow bolt out of it into mm-hmm. a bad guy. And I was sure. like, okay, well, that was weird. But, you know, that must have been her one and only shot. How many crossbow bolts can you <laughs> fit in a pistol? And then she fires, like, three more. And then she has to duck behind something and then a screen unfolds from her gun and she looks around the corner and fires like three more bolts. <laughs> Just like, uh, it's like the Mary Poppins of guns. <laughs> Yo, Joe. <laughs> well, if nobody has any personal stories, we'll move on to what are your morals worth? So we talked about Project Cirrus where they dumped a bunch of dry ice into a hurricane and then the hurricane got pissed off and slammed into the coast, which is probably unrelated. But let's say that that project is getting started back up again, and you're going to be the one that drops the dry ice into the hurricane. How much do I have to pay you to do that job? I'm less concerned Three. about the moral implications than learning to drive a jet. Well, you just have to pull the lever. <laughs> do I get more than 180 pounds? Yeah. Let's say this time they're really ramping it up. You don't have to pay me as long as we're dropping it over the ocean, and I get yeah. like the telescope or something that I can see the... Yeah, the plane has to circle back Ooh. around so I can see it. <laughs> See the spooky, spooky yeah, water. I'm, I mean, I think I'm in the same boat. Like that sounds pretty fun. I mean, it's, yeah. it sounds like a once in a lifetime opportunity. And <laughs> and 
if it wipes Georgia off the map, no big shake. So be it. Well, you're going to have to deal with a lot of pissed off people if uh, if it swerves in, though. They'll never catch me. I'm in a plane. <laughs> I didn't really want to go back to Georgia anyways. <laughs> I don't want to fly into a hurricane. That's we go true. Over the top. Even so. Just yeah, like Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> I'm allowed to be afraid of hurricanes. <laughs> Oh, look at Kelly over here with her hurricaneophobia. <laughs> the only the only problem with this, like l- reading up about it for the planes, was that they had to have enough fuel to fly out there, dump the stuff, and get back. And sometimes the hurricanes weren't close enough to the shore that they could make that trip. But mm. that was the only concern about the planes. Well, no, we've made we've made massive improvements in our fuel. Yes, <laughs> no. better energy sources. No. <laughs> If I was leaving on a trip anywhere and someone was like, oh, we just have to fly over a hurricane, I would be like, I don't want to go. <laughs> just going to need you to open up the escape door and dump out this bucket of ice. <laughs> <laughs> a hotel bucket full of dry ice. But you're right that even if, like, my instinct is this is bubkiss, but yeah. that doesn't mean that people aren't going to blame you for yeah. it. Yeah. Say, well, then, then they can start calling me the Storm King. <laughs> No, you'll have to be like a, a hail duke or something. <laughs> Hurricane Joe. <laughs> the windy His name's Earl. Andy. <laughs> Hurricane. <laughs> some love sort of candy. candy thing. I don't know. Give me a hundred thousand bucks so that I can oh, escape God. my uh, fans. <laughs> How much does a fake ID cost? It can't be that expensive. They'd probably I mean, get a fake ID for five grand. I'd probably do it for. You're five the person grand. who made that that hurricane destroy Georgia? No. I'm the guy incognito. <laughs> he didn't have a mustache, clearly. <laughs> I, I can't brings up grow a, good a mustache. Point. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about flying into a hurricane. Well, again, you don't fly into it. Oh, right. Fly over it. <laughs> Still, around a hurricane <laughs> is not somewhere I want to be. In the vicinity of. So we'll say, like, just give me, like, a decent day's wage and we'll call it even. Okay. $15 an hour. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for this week. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye. Okay, stretch it out. Stretch it out. (sighs) Come on and shake it off. Is that the subject? Stretching? Yeah. They were talking about Pilates. (laughs) (laughs) Polite Pilates. Polite Pilates. When they're recording for two seconds, I'm already tangled in cords. (laughs) Okay, here we go. A bug hits me in the face. (laughs) You have your own spiders.